I love this conversation with Ben Kelly because I actually learned a heap of stuff about Ben that I didn't even know before. I've been coaching Ben now for about a year and he's just an unreal dude. This will be really, really helpful for anybody who's battled with their weight, battled with confidence, battled with losing their shit, just being angry or anxious or depressed and having all those highs and lows. Anyone who wants to be more successful in their career and wants to have kind of like a blueprint and a bit of a guide on how they can have more success. Uh, Ben's done some awesome stuff and it's actually even led him to go down the path of politics. And for me, like I was totally un- unexpected for, for Ben, but I'm really, really happy and really excited to see where he's going. I think you guys will get a lot out of this episode. I love doing it. I took away a heap of gems from it. I'm sure you will too. There we go. How good's that beard? <laughs> yeah, she's uh, starting to get a bit wild again. 100%. How much weight have you lost recently? Oh, probably down about 10 kilos recently since I had that operation. Yeah. yeah. Fuck me. That's a lot. Yeah, man. Yeah. So everything's going really good at the moment, just ticking along. So so what did they actually end up doing? They just took out your parathyroid, right? Yeah. They, yeah. They just took out the parathyroid. Um, but at the same time, when I was coming out of that operation, my kidneys didn't wake up. So they had to put me on dialysis straight up. So that, that's probably what knocked me around the most. Although that parathyroid was a bit deceiving. They... They tell you it can do this, can do that, should be fine. Man, it just floored me for about six weeks. Really? How so? Um, because of my calcium levels. So because it had been so overactive and, uh, you know, it had been drawing all the calcium out of my bones, they, they, they call it a hungry bone syndrome. Yeah. So they're pumping me full of calcium, but my bones just kept stalling it, uh, stealing it, and then me, um, you know, like their blood, blood pressure dropping, I'd pass out or fucking you'd get weird. Tingling feelings all over the joints, fucking is yes. It was pretty uh, interesting. Anyway, interesting. That's a good word for it. <laughs> uh, uh, that's cool, man. That's cool. And by the way, dude, thanks for coming on. Um, it's oh. about time we've had you on, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm stoked, man. Was, um, when Christian mentioned it, it was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Yeah, about time, man. About time. We'll do it. If you're cool, we'll just pick up from here if that suits you. Yeah, man. That's sweet with me. Yeah, so like, dude, the the reason why you know I was chatting with Christian, the reason why we want to get you on here is because, well, first of all, your results have been phenomenal, but also like in terms of the the mentality and the mindset that you've approached this, like you've had a lot of shit go on in your life, like you've been, uh, you know, kicked while you're down a few times, starting from when you're a, a young young fella. Can you can you start right at the beginning, man, with your health issues, like from from the moment you know you really you were born? Yeah, sure, man, sure. So. Um, they picked up some abnormalities in the pregnancy, um, during pregnancy, to do with the renal function and bits and pieces. Um, but, you know, medical um, advancements at the time, it was just, you know, go ahead. So we did. Um, you know, I, I was born, didn't have any issues for about the first year, and then just out of nowhere after about the 12-month mark, just mad reflux. And, you know, my, my mum just says it's just a screaming fucking kid that would never shut up. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, it's yeah. very loving, yeah. <laughs> a bit of education, and um, they found out that the reflux had destroyed my entire left kidney, was just dead. Um, half, no, sorry, my entire right was dead, and half of my left. So they went in and whipped out the right, took half of the left, and uh, sent me on my way. Yeah, it's pretty full so, on. Yeah, man. Yeah, so I suppose pretty crazy way to start life, eh? But um, since then, man, like. Um, you know, the, the initial part of my life, first 30-odd years, I had no dramas, really. Um, it wasn't until 2018 when I got a, got a ruptured uh, intestine and then um, 
you know, I, I was diagnosed with uh, renal failure back in, well, it would have been around the same time, maybe 2017. Mm. Um, and look, you know, I um, I played my own part in in parts of the problem too. I lived a rock star lifestyle for a while there. You know, I was working big mining jobs, earning big money, you know, just working way too much, dude. Like I'm talking, I was doing 13-day fortnights for fucking five years, you know, just smashing it out. And um, How many hours are you doing in a 13-day fortnight? Oh, mate, 13-day fortnight, you're doing minimum 14 hours a day. Jesus. Yeah. So it does take its toll, but, you know, I was just, I was in that zone, I suppose. I, I kept getting promotions and I had goals and I just thought, fuck, just keep charging, keep charging. How good is this? Um, and before you know it, you know, I suppose five years probably passed and I hadn't been to a doctor because I hadn't been crook. Mm. Um, I rolled my ankle at a, on a Bucks night. Um, this was back in 2017. And then I uh, went to the doctor and um, walked out with renal failure. So, yeah. And so That's then a bit that, of a shock. So that, that 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 must have been uh, uh, not the not the best news after you you think you've just sprained your ankle. So you got you've you've got re- renal failure there. So what happens next? What do you start doing to to help that? Yeah. So I mean, a, a few things. So um, when I was first diagnosed, it was about stage three. So my my GFR was sitting around the twenty seven thirty something like that. Um, dude, I was fucking heavy at the time though. That was my peak. I peaked at one hundred fifty six kilos. Which is 156. Crazy. And what are you now? Uh, at the moment, I said I weighed, weighed 124, leaving dialysis this morning. Jeez. How do, you, how do you feel being 30 kilos lighter? Oh, fuck. Amazing, man. But, um, you know, I feel even better when I can shift another 10 or 20, you know, get right yeah, there. Not long, man. So, like, what was life like when you were living at 150? Um, well, look, it's funny, you know, at the time, I think fuck all of it. You know, I was still pretty active, you know, nowhere near as active as I am now because it wasn't as a concerted effort, you know. Mm. Uh, but I, I never really – the only thing I, I did notice around that time was travelling on planes, man. I got to the point where I nearly had to ask for the extra seatbelt. Now, that's fucking embarrassing. True that. What, how, did, how did you get up to 150? Um, man, I, I've always been a big guy. So the lightest I've been as an adult when I was – you know, 17, 18 is 119 kilos. But I suppose just just the lifestyle I was leading, drinking too much piss, you know, just not looking after myself, man, Work, working my ring out and just destroying myself in the process pretty much. It was almost though, you know, when I got diagnosed, it was like I blinked five years had gone by, I just put on a shitload of weight and I woke up and thought, holy fuck, have a look at yourself. How, how did you feel at that moment? Where you you finally realise, fuck me, dude, you gain thirty kilos, thirty forty kilos, like your kidneys fucked. Like, how was that moment, dude? That was uh, embarrassing, man. Like, why embarrassing? Either, either I don't know, embarrassing or shameful to to myself, you know, to think, to sit there and think, fuck, how did you let this happen, mate? You know, mm. and then you're faced with, oh, you got renal failure, you know, you're gonna need a transplant, you're gonna need this, and you know, when when you I suppose something I've learned through all this is when you get those, you know, diagnosis or whatever, if you're not prepared for it and you're not fucking switched on up here, man, you, you instantly go start catastrophizing shit and the world's fucked and you're a victim and and all that. So I suppose that's that's probably been my biggest growth through all of this is just the the mental side of things, yeah. And how, how have you grown mentally? Oh, man, beforehand I was, I was pretty uh, quick-triggered. 
you know, well, like, like lose your, like, like get angry, aggressive. Is that what you're saying? Like had a temper? Like pretty upfront sort of bloke, but before then I'd, yeah, I'd get pretty angry pretty quick, you know, um, or, or had a reputation for delivering some pretty good dressing downs in front of, you know, anyone. Mm. Uh, so yeah, that, that side of things. And then I suppose more so at that time, and I didn't recognize it at the time until I started changing my lifestyle and everything, but there was a lot of anxiety creeping in there, a bit of depression, you know, as, as is natural when you fucking let your body go like that. Mm, massively. So like, if we go back to the first one, so you're being quick triggered and, and known for dressing down, like in the, in the mining industry, in a lot of blokey industries, you got to be firm and you got to be tough. So were there any good parts about you being able to just smack, you know, someone around verbally? Oh, definitely, mate, definitely. And, and look, a lot of my um, uh, managers and, and you know, CEOs and all that, they loved it because they're like, oh, fuck, we can't get away with this. But, you, you, yeah, go for it. You're doing it. You're doing it. <laughs> you know, I don't know. I suppose I had a way with giving them and dressing down without crossing the line, you know, but I, I pushed the fucking boundaries a lot. A yeah. Lot. How did um, you feel when you're doing that? Did you feel good? Did you feel like, cause I know like um, I, I, every now and then I've had to give somebody, you know, a big, a big smack around, um, you know, but I fucking hate it. Like hate it. Like it's, it's not a fun thing for me to do. Did you enjoy doing that? Did you feel bad afterwards? How did you sit? Look, I, I always, I've always felt a little bit bad afterwards and I still do these days if I, you know, get into some, something with someone. Um, that's just the way I'm wired. I know. I don't know. After, afterwards, I sort of come away thinking, "Oh, fuck it, I go too hard," you mm. know, bastard. But then on the other hand, is you know, there's a couple of times there where you know, oh, let, let's face it, they deserved it, <laughs> you know. So you know, sometimes the situation did call for that, and you know, I've, I've been presented with a lot of situations where you know people are just way out of line and they need to be pulled in. Yeah. <laughs> Totally, totally. And and so now, like, with, with your, your newfound way of thinking and, and where you are at the moment, has it changed the way that you handle those situations? Oh, man, tenfold, yeah. How so? Yeah, um, well, I suppose I don't, I don't get aggressive anymore at all. Um, you know, I'm still very direct and very upfront when I, when I communicate to people if it's, you know, regarding performance issues or anything like that. But um, it's all very, just very calm and collected and just state the facts. This is how it is. There's no need to... I don't put in that emotional investment anymore, I suppose. Mm. It's it's funny, isn't it? When you lose that anxiety and you lose that depression, how much more calm and to the facts you can be as opposed to starting to get emotional and losing your shit. Oh, yeah, man. It, it's phenomenal. It is phenomenal. And, and I've, you know, I wouldn't say I'm there yet, but I'm very close to the point where I'm, I'd be confident that nothing will phase me anymore, you know? It's a yeah. good place to be. It's a it, good place. Is it just oh, it just everything flows from that, you know, everything becomes easier. Mm. And, and so well, what was it that made you want to reach out to us? Because we, we had a chat back then. Um, Jesus, how long ago is that now? It's a year and a bit. Started with you guys? Started what was that? Years. Started with you? Yeah. About yeah. that. So what was it that made you want to start? So I, I sort of, I suppose I went through a bit of a period where I, I sort of just plateaued a bit. So back in... Oh, where are we now? Like 2019, end of 2019, I sort of had a few things all fuck up on me at the, the same time and I sort of just sort of out a bit. So, you know, I had a I had a relationship that ended. Not that that's a really big deal for me. I sort of bounced relationship to relationship pretty, pretty easily and quickly. The biggest one was is I started a, a business. So after I had that massive surgery in 2017 or 18 when I had the ruptured 
um, intestine. That scared the fuck out of me. And I sort of went on this mission, I suppose, for the next 12 months where it was like, fuck, I need to do this, I need to do this now, I need to, you know, change my life, do this, do that, get here, where am I going, fucking. And I was so busy trying to prove to myself that I could do something, but, fuck, I missed I, I missed so much, man. And anyway, long story short, I, I got ripped off in a business transaction to the tune of about 120 grand. That was everything I had, mate. That stings. It, um, you know, one of one of those things you 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 learn very quickly. Don't do business with mates or supposed mates. Um, how did how did that go about? How did you end up losing 120k? If you don't mind me asking. Business I started, man, was um, Benkel Machinery. So it was uh, I was importing and um, supplying and, and on selling machinery. So little mini mini skid steers, bobcats, excavators up to about five ton, little stuff like that. And I, I had a, a mate of mine, or who I thought was a mate. Chinese, funnily enough, um, did me this great deal to bring all this machinery over from China. Um, however, it didn't exist, mate. <laughs> really? And he was Australian-based or Chinese-based? China-based, sorry. sorry. Was he Australian-based or China-based? No, he was, he was China-based. I actually made a couple of trips over to China, uh, met with this guy, went and visited factories and all the rest, and um, unfortunately... You know, what I know now is just a long con, mate, you know, and there, there were some red flags along the way, but I, I, I suppose I refused to recognise them in, in the pursuit of what I was trying to achieve. Hmm. You know? So, you know, there, there were massive learnings out of that for me. So, I mean, one, it nearly, nearly sent me bankrupt and it was it was, it was was pretty stressful, but the, the biggest thing I learned there was just not rushing into shit, you know. So take a step back and just have a look. Don't uh, You don't have to be all gung-ho over the now, you know. Hmm. Mm, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so, yeah, yes, he was an asshole, but I, I ignored a few things there. Looking back now, I just kick myself and go, "You idiot!" But mm. you live in and we just move on, man. And so, okay, and so they're do, doing this, and then you know, losing that hundred and twenty k and whatnot. That how did that lead you to us to wanting to work with JCF? So I, where was I? I was in Africa doing work in West Africa. Because after I, I lost that money, I, I was desperate, so I got offered this job in West Africa. It was paying mad coin so i jumped at it and while i was over there i was part of a group tony tony versic i did some work with him good man probably probably a year earlier i'd reckon it would have been um and i remember this day i was was sitting in the fucking jungle there i just pulled the phone out and i had a look and he was running some sort of because i think it was corona just started he was running some sort of free online retreat thing and Mm. i saw when i saw you talk i just thought fuck i like him I like the cut of this guy's jib. And, um, you know, I always, I suppose, kept you in the back of my mind from there. And then when I got home, um, I got back in the tree probably August 2020. And I started working a new job up at Bill Wheeler that was full on, man. It was the worst mindset I've ever worked out in my life. It was that crazy. And then that's when I thought, well, fuck, I might need a bit of a hand to sort of uh, retune myself here. So that's when I reached out, yeah. Yeah, cool. And so why was it then and there that you decided, you know what, I need a bit of a hand, I'm going to do something? Like what stopped you from, you know, you're saying before, you know, don't rush into things, sometimes you've got to lay back. Why did you decide at that moment to take action? Oh, because I, I recognised within myself that I just, I just needed a, a little push or a reset or something to get going again. You know, it sort of plateaued for about a 12-month period where, mm. you know, stopped and I, I, I knew I could, Feel these things creeping back into me, me mind again. You know, a bit of doubt, and bits and pieces. So that, that was really my precursor. 
Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Did you have any hesitations? Did you have any doubts or reasons why you shouldn't do anything before you signed up? No. no. Well, I suppose, I suppose having used someone before made it a simple thing for me, I suppose. Um, and, and oh, look, I did get value out of Tony, nothing against him, but it's not quite to the, the level of your guys' program. But yeah, look, no issue signing up. I, I knew I needed needed some help to sort of reset myself and get where I needed to go. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha. And, and so, like, when you first signed up with us, like, what was it like for you? Uh, it was good, man. Um, it was really good. I, I was quite impressed with the the program, and um, especially when it comes to uh, all the content that's on your site, there, man. Like the, all the breath work stuff and all that. That that stuff's pure gold, man. Like that is really beneficial stuff. And then you got your hierarchy, your health. Mate, that's a that is a probably the best way I've ever seen anyone approach, you know, a holistic training plan or, or you know, something like that. That's um, yeah, that, that really. What was what was so good about the hierarchy of health for you? Um, well, I suppose the biggest thing for me, man, has been my nervous system. Which, once again, I didn't realise at the time, but realising after working with you guys, and I probably realised after about three months on working with you guys my nervous system was absolutely destroyed man really destroyed like you know there was there's no sleeping there's getting the shakes and you know and then you, you feel a bit of anxiety and that creeping in and that's the that's the worst feeling for me personally i um i don't take any sort of physical pain but anything like that i just it's uncomfortable as mm, mm, totally there's nothing worse than it being like inside of you and you just can't control it it's just there and you can feel it. Like, you know, that little spot, like right in there, you can feel it rising up. That's right. You can just feel it bubbling away inside and it's, yeah, it's, it's the worst feeling ever. Mm. Yeah. Mm, totally. Okay. And so, so you started implementing and learning about the nervous system and whatnot. So if there were a couple of things that really moved the needle for you and got your gains, what, what was it? Oh, well, for me, one thing I've learned is, is routine is something that I need. Mm. Uh, I don't have a routine and I'm left to my own devices. It's, uh, you know, it's a bit like the old the old saying, mate, the, the idle hands of the devil's playground, you know. I just I can't be trusted on my own. <laughs> what, what do you do if you if you don't have a routine, you don't have structure, you don't have accountability? Uh, well, it's just too easy to, I don't know, for me it's just I've found if I don't have that routine, it's too easy to just go, oh, no, I'll do that tomorrow. Mm. Yeah, no, I don't, no, I don't feel doing that today. I'll do this, so. For me, a big thing is, is setting a routine and making sure I hit it because uh, every time I hit it, I feel better at it, you know? Yeah, 100%. 100%. Okay. So, like, when you're, like, going through the program, did you have any – were there any times where things weren't going well? Did you have any struggles? Did you have any troubles along the way? Oh, honestly, man, not, not really. Um, I suppose the, with everything I've been through up until that point, and, and I suppose the changing of my mindset and that, I just, uh, I did have, I haven't found it difficult at all. No issues, no problems, or if anything does present itself, it just it doesn't take any time or attention from me, really, you know? Hmm. Yeah. So, how was it that you changed your mindset? Um, well, so, that's a combination of a lot of things, man. So, um, one thing I, I believe is, is huge um, subconsciously is gratitude. I think that's a massive thing that that does something subconsciously to your brain because until I started practicing that, yeah, that, that's one of the biggest things I can see that, that drove my flip around. Well, um, what, what effect does that have on you by practicing gratitude? Well, I, I don't I don't know, dude, but it just doing it in the morning. 
same as meditation. It it just sets. I find it sets the day. Just I don't know. Everything becomes so easy and just flow, you know, just seamless. And then I, I think from from practicing that gratitude, I think it, it does internally rewire your subconscious to think more positive thoughts rather than negative. And what effect does that have when you are having more of those positive those thoughts? You just you're just happier, mate. You know, you you're happier. You're not dwelling on, you know. I don't know, stupid argument you may, might have had with someone the night before or, or worrying about the future too much or finances or whatever it may be. You, I think because you're more present, you're more grounded. Mm. Mm. What effect does that have you at work? Well, at work has been a, a huge effect, man, and that's been um, you know mentioned to me by a few of the guys I work with. Um, I suppose because a lot of my role is dealing with people and dealing with com- conflict. Um, so. In that sense, it's helped me a lot because it's just, it's enabled me and it's given me, I suppose, give me an, a different perspective to look at things. And quite often, you know, I, I can diffuse a situation very easily by just saying, hey, how about this? Or did you know that this guy was going through this at the time? Or I don't know, it's just it, hard to explain that one. So it's like you're having an understanding of where someone's going from. So instead of just going in and smacking them and saying, you're a fucking shithead, understanding like what is actually going on and being able to communicate at a high level, understanding that someone's had a crappy day, someone's just had a dust up with their missus or their things which are going on in their life. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, man. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hmm. Yeah, that's cool. And, and so how do you practice gratitude? Uh, so for me, I've, I've bounced over a few few ways over the last couple of years, um, but now in the morning it's just it's it's a simple sit down, you know, journal entry, and, and that's it, um, and then followed by meditation. But I've, I've gone through in the past where, you know, there's a while there where I was actually physically posting it to one of my social media accounts every day, um, and that was more of a thing when I first started just to hold myself accountable. Mm. But, you know, that's a got, cool idea. Yeah, man, yeah. So, I, and I did like that. I just sort of shied away from it. I'll write that one down. I'm going to get some of our guys to do that. That's awesome. Yeah. How did, yeah, how did you find that? Um, I just, I don't know, man. I just, I just came across it, and I thought, um, you know, what's a way I can do this where I hold myself accountable rather than just writing it in a book or, you know, saying it out loud? And I thought, oh, well, I'll post it. And then when I started posting it, I started getting, you know, quite a few comments, and I'd get some calls, and you know, they go, oh, I really enjoy that. Fucking keep going, and then that, that gives you a little pep to go. All right, oh, yeah. So it was actually helping that you, the people who you had on that account too. Quite a lot of mates and family and everyone that's saying, oh, I read that every day. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> what effect did it have on them? Well, I know a couple of like family members, aunties and uncles and so on. Like, I've got an uncle and he he cottoned onto it on my, my Facebook page and then he rang me and we discussed it and then now he does it every morning himself. That's and, awesome. Yeah, and he just said, he said, um, you know, he saw me doing it and then he read an article about something that, something and someone practicing gratitude and he thought fuck there must be something to this and then he started doing it he's like fuck i love it <laughs> how good's that and how's it changed his life um oh well, see he's, he's a bit different i suppose he's an older guy but you know he's um he's still got his challenges he's got an 18 year old daughter that's got some intellectual issues and so you know it, it's helped him deal with whatever he needed to deal with i suppose and, and, and um you know main, maintain the rage i suppose that's what i like about it is you know, you can go back and read through that stuff and then you, 
sometimes you can read through and go, on that day, this is what I was grateful for, and you think, but hang on, that was actually a pretty bad day. This bad shit happened too. And then you go, fuck, yeah, you know, the world's not all fucked. Mm. It's funny, isn't it, man? Whenever you start to be more grateful and you start to selectively see all the things that are awesome in your life, how many more good things come from that? Yeah, man. And and that that's that's the biggest thing is, and I suppose that's what I mean when I say everything just becomes easy and everything flows because it just does. I, I don't know. It's almost as though the power of your thoughts dictate the situation. Massively. I was talking to a friend of mine and he recently did like a, a five-day ayahuasca ceremony, which is pretty full on. Like he, and he loved it. Like, so, you, you know, ayahuasca, the, you know, the DMT con- containing drink that, you know, uh, has a whole lot of spiritual effects. Um, but he was saying after doing that, um, he had this immense sense of gratitude and connectedness and feeling just super present but also all of these things started going really, really well for him. He started getting business deals left, right, and center. And it was like everything started clicking. And it's like the same thing with gratitude. Like whenever we practice that every day, whenever we are positive, when we are, whenever we are out more outgoing, more caring, it's like good things just start coming to you and all the bullshit seems to dissipate. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's all the, the first picked up on your frequency. They do, man. They do. Yeah. Have you ever noticed, like, when you have a shit day, there's always fuckwits. You get every red traffic light. It's like all the bad things happen. You know what I mean? You get out of bed in the morning, you stub your toe. It's like it's like those those days. You go to have a piss and you piss all over the toilet seat. You know what I mean? It's like you know one of those days where it goes instead of just going straight, it just goes like that. You know what I mean? And uh, it's 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 just a uh, a really interesting thing that whenever we focus on the negative we get the negative but equally when we focus on the positive and are grateful for it all the positive things come have you noticed anything has any change anything changed for you in terms of work careers relationships or anything that you've built since you have been practicing gratitude oh look i've yeah for sure man i've been afforded a lot of opportunity um you know, so like after i got back from africa i um i bought a removals business removals company um and I was running that purely because I'd just come back from Africa and I actually brought malaria back with me and that <sighs> fucking floored me in the Gold Coast Hospital while I was quarantining. But it also knocked my kidney function around and dropped my GFR to like seven. So, mm. you know, going, oh, fuck you, fuck, you can't go back to Africa. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I thought, oh, bugger it, I saw the thing for sale and I bought it and, and me and my brother just cruised around, gave me something to do for six months. We cruised around for six months just moving furniture, you know, cashies. It was it was good. Um, and then I, I got offered a role from a bloke I used to work for years ago at uh, Bill Wheeler, which was too good to refuse. So I thought, what am I going to do? Threw the business up for sale, sold it for nearly double what I paid for it, mate. How good is that? Yeah, perfect. That's beautiful. And, then, you know, that, that role I got in Bill Wheeler – I, although it was a, a really high pressure job and it was pretty shitty, it was a good opportunity, good experience, something, or work in a business that's, that's going through that that phase of just being completely on peace. Um, so that that was a, I look at that as a positive. And then, um, you know, when I was done there, I, I, I didn't even spend a day out of work, man. I got a phone call from, and the company I used to work for here in Queensland before I went to Africa, and they're like, yeah. I was like, 
it's fucking awesome. Don't even have to do anything, mate, you know? It becomes effortless, doesn't it? It does, yeah, yeah. So how has your life changed since you've been working with us? A lot more grounded, man, a lot more solid. I've actually got, I suppose that's one area where I was lacking is, is goals, a lot of setting my summit. That's something I've never done. Um, and give me direction, man. That, that that's that's yeah. Another. How did that impact you? Just sorry, sorry to interrupt, but how did having like not having goals back then versus to having a summit now mapped out clearly? How did that affect you? Well, it gives me direction, man. Um, you know, especially on those days when things aren't going right, or or you have a bit of a shit day, you, you still got that direction of hang on, let's, let's look at the big picture here. This is where we're heading. You know, um, that, that's been crucial for me, definitely. And then I suppose just the whole thought process of it, man, because, um, you know, rather the way I look, other than just fucking juggling 900 balls in the air, man, you, you, you've got it all listed in front of you and you know where you are at any one time. You're not throwing all the balls and go, fuck, I better grab that one, you know? Yeah. And, and how has that impacted your success and your ability to get things done? Uh, massively, man, massively. So, you know, uh, professionally through work, it's increased my my productivity, definitely. Um, my communication skills with people and all that sort of thing is, you know, that's something that it's ever, you know, you continue working on, but there, uh, there's been some real big improvements there. Um, and, and more so just the effect on the people around me, man. Mm. So family, my friends, you know, people I may not have seen for five or ten years, and then you run into them, they're like, oh, fuck, you know, you're looking good, you're happy, what are you doing, you know? Um, Has it impacted you in the ways of, like, career, like, success, promotions, anything like that? Yeah, well, uh, funny you should mention it because um, well, I actually got a phone call two days ago from the United Australia Party mm. um, to ask if I'd be interested in uh, the seat of Fisher here in the federal election. Congratulations, brother. Yeah, man. Cheers. Cheers. So at this stage, I think they said I'm up for mention to the executive board this week. Mm. Uh, there's other people up for selection, but that's it's a foot in the door, mate. Um, that's very interesting. So I've never talked, like normally with, with politics and whatnot, I try to stay very neutral in this podcast, but I'm just going to ask you a few questions about it for that, if that's okay. Okay. You say things. So first of all, how did that come about? Um, so it, it came about just circumstance. So um, with the current pandemic and bloody everything's going on with these vaccine mandates and, you know, making finding children for not wearing a mask and all this crap. Basically, that, that I came to the conclusion, man, that I was, I was getting riled up about it all. I was getting pretty wet up. And I came to the conclusion that the reason that was is it's dead against, like I listed all my values, and it is dead against every one of them. How so? So let, let's start with, so you, you mentioned the, the mandates, finding people or kids for not wearing masks or all that. How, how is this against your values? Right. So well, two of my biggest values, man, in integrity, right? And they're, they're two things that, that I, I feel very passionate. And it, it's plain as day, man, in this current, uh, what do you want to call it, political climate in this country, people don't have, they're not leaders assholes, you know? What um, makes you say that? So they don't have leadership ability, mate. Prime example is you've got like a Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, who's letting the premiers run around and do whatever they like. Well, these guys have got far too much power and they're creating a fucking ruckus. He does have the power to stop it, but he chooses not to. Why do you feel 
first of all, why do you feel the premiers are doing what they're doing? Because, I mean, if we look at look at humans, humans in general, I mean, maybe it's a little bit hard to go and say all politicians as well, but humans in general try to do the right thing. So why do you feel the premiers are doing what they're doing and causing a ruckus? Honestly, I don't know because I don't have factual that, but there's something shady. Like I said, I don't have facts and, and actual answers, but from everything I read and everything I see and hear, mm. it's dodgy as, mate. Like, government's kowtowing to big pharma. Like, I just, I don't understand it, man. I don't understand it. And the biggest thing is you're taking rights away from the people. Since when did we govern for self-interest and not govern for the good of the people? How do you feel that we're governing for self-interest at the moment as opposed to for the good of the people? Well, well, it's it's very clearly documented, um, a lot of the shady stuff that's going on. So you've got vaccines that are owned by governments that were developed in 2015. How do you develop a vaccine for a pandemic that hasn't even arrived yet and it's named the same? There's, there's just there's too much crap, man. Um, yeah, look, that, that's... Basically, that's where I sit, man. And then you've got the pure uh, cover-up. So you're coming from, well, even Google in Australia. Australia doesn't have any open open source media anymore. Everything is censored, man. It's it's insane. Google is censored as to what you can search. What is getting censored? Um, so mainstream media is getting censored. You Google censored. You know, Facebook, they're doing their thing and, I don't really pay any attention to that because anyone that gets riled up about Facebook censoring stuff and Twitter, to me, it doesn't matter because it's, it's a it's almost it's like a fake world, you know. Mm. I'm not concerned with that because if you're aware enough to realise, recognise Facebook and Twitter for what they are, then that's not an issue. Fucking say what you want. Um, a lot of people aren't though, man. Oh no, man, no, no, no. There's a lot of people that are fucking yeah. It's, you see it on Facebook, it's real. But so what, what information is getting censored on, you know, Google and on the, on the mainstream media? Okay, so what they're doing, man, is they're, they're peddling fear predominantly is what they're doing. So mm. there's this whole thing of talking about cases rather than talking about deaths. That, that right there would put the majority of the population's levels of anxiety and bring them right down because if you're talking about, oh, only one person died in Australia today versus, oh, we had 3,000 cases. You know? Yeah, it's interesting, mate. I was talking with a friend of mine, Tommy Trout. He's a, he's a very smart guy, runs a, a really awesome business called WeFlex. Awesome dude. And he was working in the mental health sector. And I think it was him, or it might, might have been someone else, but we were talking about the number of deaths that have happened through uh, as a result of suicide. And apparently it far outweighs the deaths from COVID. Yeah, yeah, that's 100%, mate. Especially in Victoria and New South Wales, it is phenomenal. Mm. And, you know, it, I suppose that's what, that's what gets my go. They're selectively reporting on what they report on to instill fear into people, knowing full well that the humans, human beings' biggest downfall is fear. Mm. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's wrong, man. That's all it is. From where I sit, it's wrong. And I, you know, I grappled with it for a bit and spoke to uh, Christian uh, about it quite a bit. And, you know, I just came to the conclusion that I wouldn't be congruent with my values. I wouldn't be following my values if I didn't at least put my hand up and go, fuck it, I'll throw my hat in the ring, see what happens. So why the why the United Party, uh, United Australia Party over, uh, you know, One Nation or Liberal or Labor or Greens? So purely one, only one reason or two reasons there. So one, they were asking for expression of interest. 
um, for nominations for candidates. And two, you know, I sat down and thought to myself, well, if I'm going to do this, like, <laughs> if you go join the Liberal Democrats, for example, they, they don't, they just don't have the, the financial backing, mate. The UAP, Palmer behind them, who, you know, say what you will about him. I don't sit here or there. He's done some dodgy stuff. He's done some good stuff. At the end of the day, he's got the money to back the party, and that's pretty much what drew my conclusion. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. Very logical yeah. and very rational. <laughs> and, and and so, like, from here, like, what do you need to do in order to, to get or to get the nod, first of all, and then to, to get elected eventually? Like, what's that process? So to get the nod um, would be to get the nod from the executive board this week. Um, then they'd contact me they, you know, officially offer me a candidacy. Um, and then from there, it's pretty much hitting the campaign trail, man. So why would you do this? Dude, you, you make big money, right? Yeah. You've got a good life. you got everything. You could very easily, you know, you, you obviously don't want to get vaxxed. You don't like the mandates. You could very easily stick two middle fingers up, say, fuck you all, and then go off and keep doing your life you know, and and be relatively unaffected. Um, And you could live a really, really awesome life making great money. We all know that politicians don't get paid terribly well, you know, and you'd be taking a step back there uh, and it's stressful and it's not not the most fun of all things to do. Why are you choosing to give up what you have right now, which is an amazing life, and go into politics? A couple of reasons. So, you know, one way I look at it is I'm I'm not giving up anything. I'm almost, I'm giving back. That's what I'm doing. How uh, so? I'm giving back. I see a lot of people out there who are too paralysed with fear to speak up, you know, under threat of losing their jobs and this and that. And then you see a lot of other people out there just, you know, unaware, mate. They're just unaware. I, I suppose the way I look at it is I'm standing up for the people who can't stand up for themselves. Why have you decided to do that? I, I, I don't have a... You know, I can't put my finger on something and say this this was the precursor or this was the trigger point. It was just watching what's going on and then I suppose the opportunity presenting itself and then thinking on that and going, well, fuck it, why not? Have a go. You know, the way I look at it, what's worse that can happen is either I don't I don't get the nod and it all falls tits over, sweet, I'll just carry on doing what I'm doing. I do get the nod and, you know, get crucified or whatever, I don't give a fuck about what anyone says about me, to be honest. So, you know, the the whole stress and fear side is is irrelevant. Mm. Uh, I just, I thought I'd go in and have a crack and speak my mind and see what happens, mate. Have you had any backlash? Because, you know, the United Australia Party's not everybody's favourite party, right? Yes, they might be. They've got like the most members or something like that now out of all the major parties. Uh, they're a very big party, but not a, they're not everybody's cup of tea. Have you had any backlash from anybody when you've you've mentioned that this is something you wanted to do? Certainly, man. Certainly, I've had um, backlash only yesterday from a mate of mine I was talking to. Who's, I don't know, he hates Craig Kelly and Clive Palmer for some reason. They're all conspiracy theorists, and you know we had a good conversation um, around you know his because he's he's pretty much total opposite to where I sit on on this whole political thing um and he started getting very heated and emotional and i just said as it mate, we're adults we are allowed to disagree you know you've got your values i've got mine i'm, I'm my values because that's that's what feels good for me good things happen when i'm congruent with my values i suggest you do the same 
there's no reason we can't disagree. You know, it's just the whole thing these days is if you disagree with someone, they think you you want to fucking murder their child or something. But no, I'm just you know, I'm just telling you wrong. I'm not. I'm not having to go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And how do you take that? Um, no, he was good. He was good actually. We um, we chatted again this morning. We called back just to say, hey, you know, um, thought about what you said, and you know, he said, oh, I, I don't, I don't agree with anything you, you're saying or doing. But you know, we've been mates for twenty years, so why let something, why let a disagreement come between us? Mm, mm. That's really cool, man. Yeah, and I find, man, most people are receptive. You know, when you're having those discussions, it's all about the way you frame it and you present it. If you just come in going, you're fucking wrong, you're a dickhead, all that, of course they're going to get defensive. But- well, it's difficult in politics because that, that's what it is a lot of the time, right? In order for them to get noticed, they have to be going and taking these extreme stances. But- how do you get around that? How do you be noticed and how do you be controversial without inciting? Well, I, I think you just got to choose your words carefully, mate, and, and more importantly is, is your demeanour and your, your body language. You know, if you're relaxed and, and talking calmly and quietly, you know, confidently, and especially if, if you follow an attack talking like that, you won't have any dramas. Hmm. Hmm. That's very cool, man. So when do you find out whether you get the nod? Uh, so they told me this week I'm up for mention and I should know something by the end of next week. So, yeah, we'll see what happens, man. Fingers crossed know- for you. Yeah, cheers, cheers, dude. That's really exciting. And and so, like, do one one thing I'd I'd love to touch on as well. Like, for you, like, you've had such a that you, you've gone from you know being in hospital with your body shitting itself to the point where you're now running for government. You know, it's a uh, it's it's quite a journey, right? If we if we put it like that, if, if someone is where you were just a couple of years ago in the state where you were in that bit in a bit of a rut and you were a little bit stuck. What would you tell them to do if they want to get the same level of maybe not tread the same path as you, but get the same level of results as you? I would say the first thing you need to do is get brutally fucking honest with yourself. That's what you need to do because there's no point. So I've tried before. There's no point going into anything half-assed because mm. it will it's up. It'll fall over. So get brutally honest with yourself and sit down and give yourself a it's almost a, a thorough assessment. And then match that to where you want to you know, set the clear goal, set your summit. That's that's the biggest one. And so once you've done that and you've got it mapped out, it's like right now I'm here. I'm not good enough in this, this, and this, and this area. I want to be at this stage at the, at the top of my summit. This is who I want to be. This is how I want to act. After you've done that, what's the next step? Fucking target failure, brother. That's it. Just fucking push. What do you mean by target failure? Um, well, that's something that's something I, I say all the time and, and it's I use it both, you know, personal life and business, because right? the, the the line between failure and success is often fucking invisible. Mm. And you can it's it's like here and here. Here, here I fail. Here I succeed. My theory is is if you target failure, so if you push to fail, then nothing nothing else but good can come from that success. So whether it be training, if you train to failure, no worries. You know how far you can go. You can push harder next time. You know, in in business, I suppose it's a bit more in depth in business because you got to be a bit more uh, diverse and and onto it. You can't just say, "Oh, push hard and it'll all go good," because I've tried that. It didn't fucking work. Doesn't work. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
yeah, I suppose to me it just means just continue pushing limits, man, you know. And it's like everything, every every new experience you go through, pain is one of them. Every time you go through a bit of pain, you think you can't fucking handle it, you get through the other side, don't you? Then the next time it comes along, you're like, fuck, I've done this before, I can do this, this is a piece of piss. Mm. Yeah, awesome, man. Dude, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you coming on. Oh, no worries, man. Thank you. Yeah. It was unreal. Awesome. <laughs> All right, brother. I'll speak to you soon. Cheers, man. Take it easy, yeah? I hope you enjoyed the video. If you got something out of it and you want to learn more, Click the link below or type in High Performance Conversations with James Can, and you'll be able to check out all the podcasts that we've done. We cover a stack of different topics, everything from getting your mojo back, overcoming anxiety, self-doubt, self-esteem, and learning from some of the industries and some of the world's top performers in both business and in health. Look forward to having you on there.